For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my MVP gosh, time! Windy City Assassin does it again! So you know last week how we were talking about different possibilities for the top four pick, whether the Bulls can jump in the top four, who they can take in the top four of the draft and keep their pick and not trade it to the Magic? Well, we can pretty much quit those conversations because the lottery happened last night, Tuesday night, and the Bulls pick ended up eighth overall, which means Orlando gets that pick and the Bulls do not have any position in the draft until the second round, the 38th overall pick. So what does this mean? What's next for the offseason? The biggest question to start the offseason has been answered. Where do we go from here? That's what we need to ask ourselves right now. Welcome into the Believe in Bulls podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. So great to be back with you talking Bulls. And I wish we were talking about the potential for the Bulls getting Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green or Evan Mobley or Jonathan Kuminga or any one of those big names out of this draft class for this year. But we're not. Instead, we have to look at now how this front office can get creative and shape this roster because the roster needs to be shaken up. Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley have had their evaluation year. I absolutely respect the decision to come in and watch the product on the court before making seismic changes and not just going off of what happened under Jim Boyle and Gar Foreman and John Paxson. I like what Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley have done. Now you have that year under your belt You don't have a first-round pick, at least right now. Now, what's next? It's the biggest question I like to ask. What's next? You have your foundation. Zach Levine, who's now an Olympian, by the way. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and Patrick Williams. Kobe White is going to be part of this core. I'm changing my prediction. I really thought Kobe White was going to be gone this offseason. With that shoulder injury he suffered, I don't think you can trade him now. I think he's with the Bulls at least through the trade deadline next year. 
We'll see what happens after that. It depends on how he recovers from that shoulder injury. He's out at least four months, and that's a reevaluation coming in four months. So those four are sticking around. Now, the players that are on the roster for next year, I picked out a few. I'm not looking at every player on the roster. I did that a few weeks ago. I looked at who's staying, who's going. I read the Darnell Mayberry piece in The Athletic from last month, and I'm not going to rehash that. I picked out three names who I think could maybe bring in a good value and might be good trade candidates this offseason. The first name I'm bringing up is Thaddeus Young. Now, I know last year I talked about how Thaddeus Young should have been untouchable. That was just for last season because I thought that was when the Bulls could make their push for the playoffs. And then, obviously, Zach Levine getting COVID and Nikola Vucevic getting injured and a couple other injuries along the way did not exactly help that case. But Thad Young is no longer untouchable in my book, and I think he should be a prime trade candidate. Now, here's the thing. He and Tomas Sadaranti, another name I'm getting to in just a second, they have a weird contract situation in that they have a partial guarantee if they come back. Both players, Thad and Sato, have, I believe, a $6 million partial guarantee at about 12 or $14 million. I can't remember which contract's which. So either way, those contracts are pretty team-friendly, and that should make them decent trade candidates. There was interest in Thaddeus Young at the trade deadline this past year, and I expect that to continue into this year. He's got one year left on his deal after this, then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. I think maybe he could be... A player teams looking for a veteran presence might call and inquire about. And I think you could maybe bring in a good haul after what Thad did this past year. I mean, even you look at his numbers, 12.1 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, and a career high, by far a career high, 4.3 assists per game. Uh, His previous career high assists per game, if you're curious, was 2.5 Back in 2018, 2019, when he played for Indiana, that was the year before he came to the Bulls in free agency. So looking at those numbers, I mean, what he did, he started 23 games. He played 24 minutes a game. He shot 55.9% from the floor. That was also a career high. I think he's expendable, and I think he's a player that AK and Eversley need to market as a prime trade candidate and someone you can bring in some good pieces with. Another name to watch is Tomas Sadoransky, who went from backup point guard to starting point guard, back to backup point guard. He, I mean, I think Sadoransky, I think I've made this analogy before, and I hate mixing sports references, but it works here. Tomas Sadoransky is to the Bulls like Nick Foles is or could be was to the Bears in that he's a capable backup. He can come in, he can do the job as a backup, but as a starter, It's just not there. He's better coming off the bench and not really saving the day like I make the analogy with Nick Foles as Superman. He comes in, he saves the day. But Sadoransky is a solid piece off the bench. He's a good fallback option if you need a backup point guard. And maybe teams that are kind of like in an in-between stage at the point guard position, like the Bulls were this year, teams that are kind of in-between stage and need someone that's a veteran that can do the job, facilitate, Maybe he could be a good piece, too. Like Thad Young, like I said, he's got a partial guarantee on his contract. It's fairly team-friendly, and I think he's a piece. I don't think he's back next year. I just think the Bulls are going to go in a different direction with the point guard position. I think now with Kobe White being injured and less likely to be traded this offseason, I think he is going to be your backup point guard or your starter, depending on what direction AK and Eversley go, because you've got to remember, there is no first-round pick this year unless they trade up, which I still think might be a possibility. More on that in a second. But right now, unless you go out and get that top free agent point guard or trade for a point guard, Kobe White is in line to be your starter. 
I wouldn't mind him as the backup point guard, though, to maybe develop him, maybe develop him with someone who is more of a passer and Kobe is more of a score first. Maybe he can maybe change his game a little bit. We've seen that with a couple other players around the league, how they change their games. I look at Lonzo Ball, how he's kind of changed his game Come from he was more passive. He was more known as a passer when he was with the Lakers. Now he's a scorer as well. So maybe something like that with Kobe's game in terms of maybe develop his passing game a little bit. I could see that happening, but I don't think Tomas Sadoransky's back next year. I think he's a prime trade candidate just as much as Thaddeus Young is. I actually think Sato is more likely to get traded than Thad, to give you an idea. And the other piece, this is kind of a wild card just because I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. I mean, Lowry Markkinen had a decent year this year, I'd say. Numbers-wise, I mean, yeah, he had the injury once again. He had another injury this year that kind of derailed the season, but still, in 51 games, he scored 13.6 points per game, shot 40% from three-point territory. That's a career high. Shot 48% from the field. That's another career high. Uh, 5.3 rebounds per game. He improved this year scoring-wise. Defensively, he's a liability. There's no doubt about that. But still, he's a seven-footer. He can shoot the three. He's expendable in today's game. Maybe he's a piece. He's a restricted free agent. He's a very attractive sign-and-trade candidate. And there was reported interest from the New Orleans Pelicans at the trade deadline, and it just didn't happen because the Bulls ended up trading their pick in the Vucevic trade, which, again, if you missed it, goes to Orlando as part of last night's lottery. The Bulls don't have a first-round pick right now. But Lowry Markkinen is an intriguing trade candidate from a sign-and-trade perspective, and I don't know what kind of haul he could bring in. As I said, New Orleans had interest. Now, New Orleans just had a coaching change. Stan Van Gundy stepped down. Or as a mutual parting of ways, I think was the wording. I apologize. But either way, there's interest from New Orleans. There's going to be interest from other teams. Maybe a sign and trades on the table because Lowry is a restricted free agent. That's what makes that so interesting of a scenario for a trade of Lowry Marketing is that he's a restricted free agent. It had to be a sign and trade. And maybe the Bulls can get something back for him. I think you're more likely to get bigger pieces for Thad or Sato. But I wouldn't rule it out for Lowry because, again, he improved his shooting stroke and maybe a team can work with him on defense, maybe, you know, make him a little tougher. Because there were times we saw aggressive Lowry during the season, but it wasn't a lot. And even then we're like, oh, wow, aggressive Lowry's here. And next game is like, oh, never mind. And he kind of went from starter to bench roll back to starter like Sadoransky did. He hasn't really found a fit. Maybe a change of scenery will do him good too. Like Cameron Payne with the Suns. Holy cow. Did you see his performance in game two last night? Holy cow. I think he scored more points in that game than he did in his entire Bulls career. But back on topic, I think Lowry's good is gone. I, I think there's going to be a sign and trade that happens. I don't know for who. I don't know to where. But I think Thad, Sato, and Lowry are your three top candidates for a trade this offseason. And maybe they can bring something in because this roster is going to be overhauled. Your three untouchables, Levine, Williams, and Vucevic, are going to return to the starting lineup. I think they're back no matter what. Kobe White's going to be back now that he's hurt. You can't trade a guy when he's hurt. At least it's not very easy to, and I don't think the Bulls would be able to do it. So you've got four guys coming back. I think you might get a fifth. Maybe Thad sticks around. Maybe another player from one of those trades sticks around. You know, I think Troy Brown Jr. is a name that could probably stick around from a defensive perspective. Maybe he hangs around. Maybe Al Farouk Aminu. You know, that could be an option. But I think... That is set in that regard. Now, one player that I would not look at this offseason for a trade, absolutely not going to happen at all. I don't want to hear any takes about it because it's a bad take. 
if I hear another proposal of Zach Levine for Ben Simmons, I'm going to go crazy. Because you saw what he did for Philadelphia. He became a laughingstock around the league. He can't hit a free throw to save his life. And there was a report from Stephen A. Smith on first take. And I know people take anything Stephen A. says with a grain of salt about this stuff. But he went on ESPN with Max Kellerman, and he reported, quote, I just received a text from somebody very, very close to the situation in Philadelphia about Ben Simmons. Quote, he doesn't work, he doesn't listen, and everyone around him is family, and he's constantly babied. That's from Stephen A. Smith, and he's reporting that from an anonymous source. I got those vibes about Ben Simmons just from watching the series. You know, I think he's soft. I don't think he's a smart player. I mean, go look at that wide-open dunk attempt he had, and then he passed it off, and it was just insane. That low basketball IQ from a former top pick. I don't want him. I want nothing to do with him. I do not want to hear any takes about Ben Simmons to the Bulls, and especially not Zach Levine for Ben Simmons. I think that is idiotic, and I do not want to hear it anymore. We are done with this conversation. Now, let's go look at some free agent targets. I looked at some point guards last week. Go back and listen to that episode of the pod. And I think that's still the biggest need. One update from that, Kemba Walker was traded to Oklahoma City, which is good. I did not want Kemba Walker. I said that at the time last week. I haven't heard really anything more in the rumor mill, but I expect that to pick up maybe after the finals, which is going to be stretched out for another month. I can't believe the playoffs are going to go for another month. But I think we're going to be hearing that more as the playoffs wrap up. You'll hear more from the rumor mill. But the other thing... Outside of a point guard's the biggest need is depth. I mean, I really think you're going to see maybe five players come back from this roster. You've got to round out some depth, and you don't have any draft picks. Oklahoma City has a lot of draft picks, so maybe they could be a trade partner somewhere. I don't know for who. I don't know who you would trade for at Oklahoma City. I don't know what you would trade for to get some of those picks, but Oklahoma City has a lot of picks built up. So maybe that could be a partnership that builds, but either way, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, as I said, have their work cut out for them, and I'm very, very curious to see what direction they go without a first-round pick because that is a weird spot to be in for a rebuilding team. Now, this team should not be in total knockdown rebuild mode. I mean, you've got two all-stars you can build around. It's not like you're building from scratch right now. But you are in a rebuild, and in a rebuild, draft capital is huge. So not having a first-rounder this year in the first full offseason with this front office, it's big because now you have to play the free agency market. You've got to play the trade market. Is anyone going to be interested in any of these players that are on the roster right now? You've got some free agents that are coming off the books. You've got maybe Daniel Tice as a free agent. You can maybe try to re-sign. There are a lot of directions to go. And I trust Karnaschovas especially. I trust his ability to seek talent. I mean, he found Nikola Jokic, who turned into an MVP this year, and it was a second-round draft pick. So I trust him from that perspective. I'm not overly worried, but it's not great not having your first-rounder this year. But I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right here on this episode, on this podcast, revisit it when it happens. Arturis Karnaschovas is going to find a way to trade into the first round. I don't know who he's going to trade. I don't know who for. I don't know any specifics. But my prediction is he's going to be aggressive And he's going to find a way to trade into that first round. I hope it doesn't involve the second round pick from this year, but there's draft capital there. I think one of those players, Thad, Saddle, Lowry, I think they could be attractive enough 
And maybe if a team is willing, that's why I think Oklahoma City maybe could be an option. I think Arturis is going to find a way to trade into the first round. Book it. Now, one other piece of news that came out shortly before we started recording today. Zach Levine is an Olympian. He's going to Tokyo. He is committed to the Tokyo Olympics. That's from my guy, friend of the show, Sham Sharania, fellow Loyola graduate. This is a great opportunity for Zach to be on the international stage and play alongside some of the big names in basketball. I mean, listen to this roster. This is who's at least committed right now to the Tokyo Olympics. You heard Zach, Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, who's been linked to the Bulls quite a bit. We're going to see that. Devin Booker is still committed. Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum. Those are some big names. Now, I expect that to change because I was looking at the schedule of the playoffs and the Olympics and whatnot. If, let's say, if one of Phoenix, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and the Clippers make the finals, if the finals go to seven games, there is a one-day, one-day turnaround, then the Olympics start. That is crazy, and I expect this list to change, but this is who's committed so far to the Tokyo Olympics. I think Zach is going to stay on there, obviously. I don't think he has a reason to decommit from it. I was really surprised to see Kevin Love on this roster because that came out before Zach's commitment came out, and I even thought to myself, Kevin Love over Zach Levine? <laughs> that, one, that one got me. But Zach is going to be an Olympian. I'm very happy for him. This is a huge amount of respect being put on his name. I mean, he was an all-star this year. Now he's an Olympian. And again, this chance to play with the other big stars. You know, the jokes on Twitter, especially the Arturis Karnaschova's fan club account, talk about now we're going tampering. This is a great opportunity to talk to some of these guys and tell them, you know, how great Chicago is. You know, Bradley Beal, again, has been linked to the Bulls. He has an AAU team out of St. Louis, Bradley Beal Elite. So maybe he's a guy to watch this offseason. Maybe you can build a big three with Levine, Vucevic, and Beal, along with Patrick Williams, who was named second team all-rookie, by the way, in the NBA. Congrats to P. Will on that. This is a big opportunity, and I think this could also help shape out the offseason because Washington, from Bradley Beal's standpoint, Scott Brooks is out as coach. So maybe he doesn't like who they bring in as coach. Maybe they want to go through a rebuild, whatever the GM wants to do. Maybe Russ and Beal are on their ways out. Beal might be interested in coming to the Bulls. He was very vocal during the search and eventual hirings of Billy Donovan, Arturis Karnaschovas. I think there's interest there. I think there's more interest there than you'd think. And maybe having Zach Levine playing with him in Tokyo, I think that could be really good going forward for potential big three for the Bulls. Real quick before I wrap up, we need to talk about the ending of that Suns-Clippers game last night because holy cow, all-timer. That was an awesome game. I sat there. When they put .9 seconds back on that clock, I'm sitting there, you got to go to Aiton. That's exactly what I was saying. You've got to go to Aiton. It's got to be quick. And Jay Crowder's pass was, oh, man, it was perfect pass, perfect placement, no goaltending, dunk went down. I thought maybe L.A. was going to find a way to draw a foul on the way back down. They didn't. Phoenix won. Oh, my goodness. That was an all-timer. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a big Cameron Payne fan. So seeing Cameron Payne succeed, yeah, you know, that that's all great. Yeah, that, that's awesome. We're, we're going to focus more on that pass from Crowder to Aiton because Aiton being there for the dunk, but that pass had to be perfect, and Crowder had it on the money. Phoenix now up 2-0, and I think they've got a good chance to sweep. LA is still without Kawhi Leonard, and it sounds like Chris Paul's coming back for game three. 
So that series is getting that much more interesting. We've got Atlanta and Milwaukee facing off tonight. Wednesday night, I am Team Bucks. Right now, I like Giannis. I like what they've got going in Milwaukee. I, I'm pulling for the Bucks. And just remember, we don't have to hear about trusting the process anymore because Atlanta eliminated Philadelphia, which was awesome. Trey Young is so exciting. I know he didn't have a good game in Game 7, which is surprising that he didn't perform well in Game 7, but Atlanta still found a way to win, and now it's Atlanta and Milwaukee. I think that's going to be a really good series. The playoffs have been awesome, and I'm really excited to see what happens next as these series go forward. That is a wrap for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please, please, please subscribe and keep listening. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Downloads have been so great this month. Thank you all for your support, and I look forward to talking back with you next week. Hopefully, we have some more good news from the Bulls, some more excitement from the playoffs, and we'll have a lot more fun right back here next Wednesday. Have an awesome rest of your week, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.